welcome to the Youth Development Professionals Guidebook. I'm your host, Michael Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Al Ferreira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're very excited to have a good friend of ours on, Sean. Uh, Sean, how's it going? It's going well. It's uh, interesting times that we're, that we're in, uh, for sure. Um, so, a place we've all never been before. But. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real challenge. And through this whole process, Al and I have been working and talking with camp professionals. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what your what 4-H is about up here in upstate New York, and we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, so I have been a camp director of sorts um, for probably, I think, about 25 years now uh, at various levels uh, and now in more of an administrative role, uh, support role, as the New York State 4-H Camping Specialist. So um, I started at uh, a young teenager as a dishwasher at camp uh, and have been every job, essentially every job since, you know, up the ladder uh, from there. Uh, but in my current role, I have about 20 camps, day and resident camps around the state that I support. And my role is the entire, covers the entire state. So out to the tip of Long Island and up to the Canadian border and, and out here to Western New York. So a lot of territory and uh, typically during the summer, I would spend a lot of time uh, in my car visiting all of our camps uh, at least a couple of times. Uh, so uh, really uh, cool responsibility and I, I love the role that I currently have. We have about 450 camp staff uh, across the state and we camp about uh, 10 to 12,000 campers annually in a typical season. Yeah, this is this is definitely going to be anything but a typical season as we as we progress. So, Sean, I know a little bit because we know each other, but talk to us, give us a little more uh, perspective of what 4-H is and what kind of style of camps generally is a 4-H camp. So, our 4-H camps are tr are um, traditionally very traditional. So, so, uh, so we do the typical resident camp, which is a um, Sunday to Friday sort of experience. We do have one camp that opens on a Monday uh, and closes on a Saturday, so that's a bit unique. And then we have day camps that run just as day camps, and some of our resident camps do both, have resident and day camp operations. So um, we're open to anybody. So we, we have open enrollment. So our campers, that 10 to 12,000, they're recruited one by one annually to come to camp. So you do not have to be a 4-H member to come to camp. Uh, in fact, many uh, children, when they come to our camps, are not 4-H members when they attend our camp. Historically, the 4-H camps originated out of the, we want to give the agricultural, the farm kids, a week of vacation. That, that's sort of where it came from. And, uh, you know, not that we still don't have some of that, but I think as the world has changed, so have our camps. As we should, as we all should, right? Mm -hmm. We're... We're not doing the same things we did 50 years ago. Some, some whispers of what we used to do are always based out of our programming and our mission, our visions. But, mm -hmm. you know, even the camps that I went to as a kid are completely different now as they should be. So it's great to hear that. So, Sean, as we're going through this, this crazy time we mentioned before, talk to us a little bit about where 4-H is in the state of New York and and your the mindset of of progressing into this summer 
Yeah, so, so our 4-H program in New York is different than in many other places around the country. Uh, here in New York, uh, each of our 4-H camps is operated independently uh, within their, their county extension association. So sort of like a franchise sort of system. So we all fall under the Cornell Cooperative Extension umbrella, but we're all, all of our camps are independent operations. So they are at currently uh, making decisions about should they open, should they not, should they open in a modified way, uh, what are all the factors in their local community? Again, as I said earlier, we cover the whole state, so we're, we have the whole gamut of, of um, pandemic uh, you know, uh, activity, I guess. Yeah. So, I, I think one of the, the things to make clear is, uh, and, and in full disclosure to our listeners today, uh, the three of us are all in upstate Western New York. When we say New York, a lot of people have a vision of New York City uh, but uh, I want people to to really get that you know picture the rolling hills and farms and and uh, uh, you know the county I'm in it's there's more cows than people uh, that's the majority of New York so when Sean's talking about you know this county system and the camps that's really uh, you know where the majority of his camps and programs kind of live there are programs downstate in this in and around the city as well am I right Sean? Yes, uh, we have two resident camps and a day camp out on Long Island, and there are they're essentially our biggest operations. But again, population it is you know as as it is that makes sense. Uh, they're also um, very rural, that, which was surprising to me the first time I went down there twelve years ago to visit the camp. Um, how rural it really was! No cell service uh, on the North Shore, things like that. Um, but I think you know across as I think we're at the point where it would be easier if our 4-H system were to say this or that about camps, but that's not how our system is as a whole. Our system is meant to meet the community needs, to meet your local community need. And what that means to you locally is different. It's different for the three of us, even though we're in Western New York. You know, what is, what is your community? You know, it could be your home, it could be your block, it could be your, you know, your village, your town. Uh, so it's creates some unique opportunities for extension and 4-H, um, but also some challenges in times like this where you're like, well, you can kind of figure it out uh, on your own and let us know what you decide. And so my role is to support them in whatever their decision is. So do they need more resources? Is there more information I could find out from state level context that that uh, we have in the camping world or, or that kind of thing and then feed the camps that information and then they can process and put in all their factors to come out with what their decision will be for the summer. So this is a critical week um, for at least us, I'm assuming many that have made a decision yet this week uh, or within a week's time, uh, this is a, a really critical phase of uh, and tremendous amounts of pressure on our camp directors, uh, something that I never would have imagined, none of us could have ever imagined the amount of personal pressure that, that's on a camp director at a time like this. Yeah, during this time, Sean, I think leadership is, is the, the, 
the hardest thing to step up, right? You know, people lead from behind, but this is the time that now the leaders need to take that step forward and say, follow me, we're going to go. And in your role, you're, you're supervising or, or working with, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, leaders from across New York State. Talk to us about who, you're, who do you see stepping up? Don't, you don't have to put names onto it, but who do you see stepping up? Who do you see, what are, what are they doing to put their parents and their staff minds at ease when they don't know either? And how does that look? Yeah, and it, it, it's, uh, it's really, you know, it's, it's hard uh, for me as a, as a, in my role, I just want to help people when they call, but we're in a period of time where we, we don't know the answers, you know, so that help is, is hard to just give. So it's more just, here's some tools, here's some conversation to be had. I think the, the camps and what I've really been impressed with our system about is that we have not typically had communications with our families on a daily basis this time of year over the past two months. We send out the enrollment information, people sign up, there's a little bit of back and forth. Um, but right out of the gate, when this all started about nine weeks ago, most of our camp directors, 20 some of us, were at the Tri-State Camp Conference when the whole world was changing and none of us knew what it meant. Um, and we came home to this, you know, things were and have done nothing but change since. But in that period of time, without any direction, because that's not my role is to direct anybody, that's not the way our system is, within that period of time, our camp directors took it upon themselves to develop online content, which there's, there's so much online content nowadays in every regard. But it really impressed me because they, they didn't have to. Like it was no, there was, it's not something we had done at all before, like it, even a little bit. And our camps on their own, um, I facilitated Zoom meetings, but I didn't, you know, other than schedule them, I let them handle the content. And they came up with a calendar of who was going to take Mondays and who was going to take Tuesdays. And, and they set up a rotation where, where the camps, our New York 4-H camps, were in some sense able to provide online camp-related content to families every day of the week. Um, and I just think that's awesome because, like, we've never had that before. And if I've done anything, I've tried to maintain we have to look for the silver lining in all of this. There has to be something that is that we're gaining, that's better. And if we can't see that, then like, then it's just sad. So like, so, so like the silver linings for me come often in that when in all the years that we've done this, and the three of us have done this a long time, uh, when have we had daily contact with campers in March? Like, at least us, I'm not familiar with that ever happening. No matter what our camps decide, to operate or not, and I think respect given to anybody in their decision, whatever they decide, it's okay, you know, and and full respect to them. But I think those, that communication with families on a daily basis uh, will do nothing but help support those families and those kids, uh, as well as our camping programs into the future. Yeah, I think it's really that leadership, and I love when leaders step up without being asked. That's that's a true sign, and and taking that on and and going forward. How how has your virtual programming been working? Have you had a lot of attendance? Is are you doing live things, or is it all recorded and pushed out? It's it's all a mix. Uh, so we have some of it is live, some of it's recorded. 
Um, there's some been some really cool like camp director goes on a nature hike, uh, and so you, you know and and part of the conversation has is sort of with the GoPro thing, you know, uh, but I think some of the conversation revolved around in the planning stages is how do we have online content that is like outdoor camp versus because before all this started, screen time was a big problem. Like that was like, like we, that's all we heard about, you know, is like screen time. Uh, so our, you know, it's been scavenger hunts. Here's a posted list of a, items that you could go look for outside um, and bring them back and post pictures on the camp's feed. And so lots of things like that. I don't have the actual data on who, who uses what, because we, what we did end up using is each camp's individual feed stream. And so, um, and then the, the sister camps shared that information. That's great. That sharing, I think, is important too. I know for my camp programs, I've seen different things from other camps and shared them onto my camps page. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a 4-H camp and I'm a JCC camp, mm -hmm. I've shared it because that content is out there and, and so positive and engaging that, you know, why not use our resources in that from? Yeah. Sean, you mentioned that, uh, you know, this started nine weeks ago and you guys were all at a conference uh, and then the CDC, uh, you know, made that eight week declaration that we're, you know, it would, it would be eight. We're at the end of those eight weeks now. Uh, what, what have you done and learned about yourself that is unexpected over this last eight, nine weeks? On a personal level, I can now, uh, I have full responsibility for my son. Uh, so, he's, <laughs> so I've realized that, and he's, he's 16 months. So like doing that and working from home full time is, I've learned that I can do that, which is pretty cool uh, as an individual because um, that's definitely a, a whole different ball game. Uh, you know, I think professionally, I think it's been, it's, it's been a challenging period of time in that my per, the person I am is I want to help people. Like I, if, if I can help them, I want to help. And this is a time I, I don't always have the answer. And, and it's not my role to give an answer necessarily. It's to help provide as much information as possible. Um, so I think it's a matter of, um, I've learned that I can help facilitate conversations, whether it's with, with ACA at the national level, ACA at the upstate New York level, um, with um, various, we have, there's endless Zooms that we could participate in. Uh, so I think it's sort of facilitating all that information that camp directors really don't have time to because they're in the, like trying to deal with the nitty gritty. So, but I think it's uh, personally for me, what I've learned is that it is, you know, it really changes everything when you're working and supporting camps while you're at home and managing all of that as well so cool and for, and for those listening ACA is the American Camp Association since we're all camp uh, involved uh, some of our listeners are, are youth professionals in other areas of working with young people and uh, uh, so it's it's kind of like the uh, the membership organization for camping professionals that was great. We're going to go for a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. If you're interested in having your voice heard on this podcast, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and send us an email. There's three things that you can do to support our podcast. Number one, just keep listening. Number two, share with your network and contacts and colleagues. 
And number three, leave us a positive rating or like or reference, whatever you do. So welcome back. We're here with Sean Tidio, the uh, 4-H camp specialist of New York State. Uh, and um, in, in the research uh, ahead of time, Sean, you, you, one of your favorite quotes that you talked about is uh, uh, from Napoleon, um, uh, that uh, leaders are dealers in hope. Uh, and as leaders in camping, we, we have this job to do. So, I, you know, I, I recently read uh, an article about that quote. Um, and, you know, uh, a dealer isn't always the best connotation for leadership. Um, you know, there's this connotation of buying and selling, that there's a trade involved, that there's a transaction there. Um, what, what are you seeing that you need uh, as you work with all these uh, camp professionals across the state uh, to help you sell that, that piece of hope that uh, you, you, you cling to in that, in, in, in that quote? I think uh, it's, it, it was a very honest choice for me at the beginning of all of this to choose hope. Like it was, it was a conscious, um, thoughtful decision to choose hope because it's not easy to do. Um, you know, we've, we've all, we're all in this situation of being quarantined or stay at home. You know, you, you can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. Uh, that could be very daunting. And in making a decision about, uh, uh, about what should happen with camp is, 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 is filled with pressure and filled with hard choices. And sometimes it's very easy to get bogged down in like, oh, this negative, that negative, this negative. But what's the good? What, what's the good that comes out of it? And I think, have I had days that I've had that I'm like, nope, I can't do this today. Yes, I've had two. <laughs> I've had two days that I, like, I can't, like, I, I just had to email people back. I'll call you tomorrow. Like, I can't do it. Um, and I think that's a wiser choice than trying to push through sometimes. But I think if, if folks have an option, hope is a choice. It, it doesn't come easy to everyone as a natural thing to do because we, I think in our nature, it's more pessimistic. It's like, well, what's the negative and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, but for me, I consciously chose that and then I chose to do that. It, as many times and as often as I could with camp directors and camp professionals is what's the good that comes out of this? Where is, it might be the teeniest, tiniest piece. It might be someone that you've been mentoring and you saw this glimmer in them that you've never seen before under the most trying times that any of us in camping have ever experienced. Like this is, this is hard stuff right now. And like, Finding and choosing hope is, is not easy, but it's definitely been helpful uh, to, um, to get folks back on track, to give them some light. Um, in my role, I see the statewide effort. So like each of us, we're in our own little silo, which is perfectly okay, but I'm in a role of, I see everybody. So it, it's easier to share that information. You, you talk about that glimmer, that, 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 light that comes from from people and, and I immediately thought of, uh, of, of Patrick Overton uh, quote uh, when you walk to the edge of all the light uh, you have and take that first step into the darkness of an of the unknown 
uh, one of two things happen. You, you either step on something solid or you're going to be taught to, to learn how to fly really quickly. So uh, there's, there's a, a, you know, hope comes with faith and, and having that faith to take that step out into the dark. Can, can you reconcile those two things about hope and faith in, in leadership at this moment? I think uh, part of it is, it's what camp's about. Camp is about, I think it's the, it's, it's, it's what, families need, they need camp, kids need camp in a normal world, in a normal time. Uh, I think we need to have hope and faith and provide that to these, to families that have been, had their kids at home since the end of March. They need hope. It's not our job to take it away from them. You know, it's just not. Uh, and so I see it as our, uh, our opportunity to provide that hope in whatever way it is. And if it ends up in a virtual situation, let's give that to them. If it means something different than what camp was before, that's okay. But like families, I think now more than ever need that hope. And we have to have the faith that we can do that, even though we've never done it before. We're camp professionals, we're camp directors, we can figure it out. We can figure out how to evacuate a camp for the first time ever in the middle of the night in a thunderstorm. We can, we can figure that all out. We can figure this out, even though we haven't done it before. And I think it's, it's really st stuck with me from the early March that we have to be that hope. And in some cases, we are that hope that families have that hope for a different summer, that hope to get the kids out of the house, that, that hope to give families a break or give families an opportunity to come to camp as a whole group, still together, still in a family unit, still isolated, social distanced, but in a new setting. And I, I think that there are many ways to look and see the hope that, that we can offer families. If there's anything that's driven me to that point of if we need to be that hope, it's because families need us to be that. I love how you said, you know, it, it's got to change and no one knows what that looks like because we're still waiting here, here at a lot of states and, and less enough to still potentially have camp on the table. What are some of your thoughts? What are some of your counsel to some of your camp directors as they're thinking about how camp's going to be different either on property or we've talked a lot about virtual, but like on property if they're allowed to come in? Yeah, I think the big thing for me recently has become, don't forget yourself. We're looking at all these little boxes and checking all these little boxes about like, this is what we need to do if we're going to have camp and then we have to do this and we have to do this and we have to do this. Don't forget yourself. You know, we have camp directors that come typically come to camp with their family while their spouse goes to work. Huh. Is that, that's probably not okay this year, I don't know, like depends where you are, but like that's, that weighs heavily in those personal situations. I think, again, we're human, we push those things aside because we're camp directors and we're gonna run camp, but like that human factor and where are you mentally and physically and emotionally right now? You know, if we haven't had our facilities people on site yet because we're not essential, or maybe we are depending how we've been classified, um, can we really get camp open and then be ready to run camp, you know, in six weeks or eight weeks. But I think it's my message right now to camp directors is don't forget yourself and what can you actually do um, and be okay 
with yourself? You know, like what kind of support do you need? Is it another person? Is it another camp professional? Is it some other kind of professional? But don't discount yourself in all of these decisions because it, it it's not fair. I think that's important, and I'll echo that tremendously. As the people people go to, right? That's our role. We're the problem solvers. We're the ones who lead, and that's our job. And I know I do it is, well, let me take care of you and take care of you and you and so on and so forth. And then I'm sitting here, you know, I, I used to, when I was a young camp director say, well, the only one who should be stressed this summer is me. And I still kind of feel like that. I'll be honest with you. But the reality is now I need to also make sure I'm not completely stressed out to the point where I'm not functioning. And this summer, especially with what is happening in the world, assuming we run camp, hopefully we do, fingers crossed, that's going to be even more important to make sure that that self-care is happening for the, for the leaders of, the, of your camp community. Sean, um, what's, what's something that you're doing? So, so you're providing hope and some faith to all your leadership. What's feeding you? Where are you getting uh, your bucket refilled uh, as far as, you know, maintaining good positive vibes? Um, is there something that you're doing differently now that you never did before? Um, I, I think it's, um, it's for me, and this is a hard one for me to, to answer because I don't, I don't want to sound um, like pompous kind of thing, but like it hasn't been that bad for, for, for me and for us. We're still employed. Um, I have the joy and the benefit that I never would have had otherwise to be at home full time with my son. And like, that's not ever time I'd get back. Um, has, when I first started to process all of it, I was like, okay, this is a lot, like this is a, a but like, I'm never gonna get this time back. Like, and so it's awesome. And so we also moved in at late summer. So we have an endless project list uh, that like, I, I have plenty to do. Like there's, uh, so I think in some ways I've probably, I don't know if I've been insulated. No, I haven't been insulated. I've lived life as it is. And we've been lucky and fortunate and we have great faith and deep faith that this will all be okay. And, um, and so I think my joy that I get and my, uh, my encouragement comes from probably my family, my son that, you know, that's, he's always smiling and like, it's hard to, uh, to be upset about that uh, when you have that opportunity. That's fantastic. Uh, one one of the other- Why at this point, and he can't ask why we can't go somewhere. He's at that, he's at that perfect age of like, he doesn't know, he's just happy to be here. So it's like- <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, so one of the questions we've been asking everybody is I want you to picture yourself six months from now. And uh, uh, what would Sean, uh, you know, so it's beyond this this crisis, beyond summer. Summer's either come or gone, or you know, whatever has happened has happened. What does Sean six months from now tell Sean today about this experience? Tough questions. Uh, I think um, it's it's important to deal in facts. Uh, and, and I think that's the part that through all of this, even myself at times, we get wrapped up 
in the emotion of wanting to make decisions. And that's not helpful or wise. Uh, so it's, I think it's stick with the facts as we know them in the moment. And they have changed every moment. And so I think being aware of that for the rest of our lives, like we know what we know now. We don't know what we know next because it hasn't happened. So like deal with what we know and, and stick with that. And I, I, it, it's hard because we like to react, or at least I do. Like, so I think that would be the take the pause to, when you have it. I, I think one of the things that's happened before this started, I mean, our culture has, has been, you know, challenged when it comes to facts. Has it, have, have facts become entirely too subjective for us? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. I think because you can also find whatever facts you want on the Google machine. So like you could just look something up and say it's a fact. Uh, I think for us, it's really interesting in that we have camps across the entire state, which means different Department of Health offices in every single county and different facts potentially everywhere. And we had that before this summer. And so now it's reminding ourselves of like, the facts are the facts for you in your scenario, in your camp setting, which are vastly different across the state of New York. Um, and so um, I think we've also become less, uh, personal opinion here, we've become less open to just having conversation about your position and my position. And that's why I said earlier that I think we all do respect to whatever camps decide to do this summer. Some will open, some will not, and that's okay. And I think we have to respect that. Um, and, and that's not something we're comfortable with in society today, I don't think. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree. I'd echo that very much. So, uh, you know, in thinking about facts and providing hope and faith, um, you know, a lot of times it appears that uh, leaders or managers and leaders want to make a decision outside of it as a kind of a, to give themselves a sense of control. Are you finding that with the leadership that you're working with, that people are making decisions just to feel like they've given themselves that power or taken that power back? Uh, not exactly. What I would say is early on and still continuing, we have a, we have a desire as, and I would think as camp directors, camp professionals to make a decision you know, the, 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 we would all like certainty in life right now. We'd like to know if we went to the store right now and put our masks on that there would be milk or there would be eggs, but we don't know that. Like, like nothing in life is certain. And so I think we like to know things. So I think early on there was a desire that even though facts didn't exist, we felt the need to like make a decision and, and, and fill that void, fill that gap with something certain. Um, so I think that's what I've seen is, and it's been all well intended, uh, that we just want to give people some certainty, but I think that's where it's been a bit of a, um, a struggle for all of us because like trying to figure out what the facts are is hard because we still don't have them. You know, it's all evolving. Yeah. I think leading from your brain instead of your heart is, is probably the the best way right now and in, in everything that's going on. Sean, I, I really appreciate you being on with us today. I really enjoyed hearing uh, your perspective of, you know, an entire state and how they're 
addressing this across camps. Sean, give us your give us your website. How do people get a hold of you? So uh, you can just Google New York State 4-H camps and you'll get to our uh, state website, which shows all of our camps, uh, as well as my contact information is there. Um, and there's you know, a cool map on there that shows where everybody's physically located. And then as well as if you scroll down through, you can see everybody's individual camp websites as well. So um, New York State 4-H camps is the place to, is the thing to Google and you'll find us. But Google only the facts. I love it. So yes. thank, <laughs> thanks, Sean, for joining us. We're going to take a, another commercial break, and we'll be right back. Thanks to our friends at Expert Online Trading for supporting the Youth Development Professional Guidebook podcast. Al, you used Expert Online Training at your summer camp. I did, actually. I used them for several seasons at the last camp that I was the executive director. When we were trying to decide the items that we would present during our staff orientation week, there were so many things that we left out. And when expert online training came along, it was like, oh, we can do this ahead of camp. And then people come in and they're already prepared. We even added on to our, our support staff, our directing team, components so that we'd all be on the same page prior to doing our support staff training as well. It just really made a huge difference. And Expert Online Training has some great folks who present uh, the kind of people that you'd want to see at conferences or that you do make time to see at the different conferences throughout the year. So if you're interested in looking for the highest quality online training for your youth programs, go to expertonlinetraining.com and check them out. Thanks again for all their support. Welcome back. I really enjoyed having Sean on. He's a good friend and uh, a true inspiration for youth development professionals. Uh, Al, tell us what you learned today. Oh my gosh, there was so much packed into every moment of our conversation with Sean. Uh, you know, the hope, the faith, uh, the facts of, of it all. Um, uh, you know, and as we know, uh, camp directors typically are more likely than not to be control freaks. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to lead a group of 20-something other camp directors and provide hope, hope and inspiration to them, uh, really, for me, is, is what I take away from Sean. It, it's, uh, I go back to uh, John Maxwell's law of empowerment. You know, great leaders gain authority by giving it away. And Sean has the security about himself that he's given out. I mean, he has no power in the system other than providing the, the, the hope and leadership that his camp directors need across the entire state. Yeah, I think hope rang through in everything Sean was talking about. I love that he described 4-H as an organization that is there to meet the community needs. And I think that's what we all try to do in all aspects of working with children is, you know, how do we meet the needs of our of our of our little ones all the way up through our teens and young adults. Um, and the other takeaway for me was a big was, you know, it's important to deal in facts and facts change, but there's still facts that are there. So um, as you're looking out and planning your summer, we wish you the best of luck and we hope to have you join us next time. Thanks so much and have a great day. Bye-bye. <music>